Welcome back to the Call Game Podcast. Today we'll be going over the NFL games that we missed and our production, predictions for today's NFL games, along with some Tom Brady retirement talk, followed by, as always, winners and losers, finished off by some Celtics news and discussion, if we have time. Yep. Um, we're going to start off with the NFL games from last weekend. It was probably one of the better NFL weekends ever with three game-winning field goals and then the fourth game was like arguably the greatest game of all time between the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, So the Bengals beat the Titans 19-16 on a game winner from the rookie kicker. Um, I had the Bengals going this far so I'm going to take a moment to just brag about that yeah you called it but yeah kind of a sloppy game but my team won uh so yeah i picked the titans here and i feel like the titans probably should have won this buying some Tannehill interceptions late in the game i think i saw a stat that joe burrow is like the only quarterback to win a playoff game while being sacked like nine plus Mm. times like, he was under pressure the entire game, and he showed a lot of poise dealing with that and still finding a way to win. I mean, that O-line was just getting destroyed all night long, and I think you'll that'll kind of parlay into my prediction for today's game. But despite all that, Tannehill shows his true colors and throws some interceptions late that and you can't overcome late interceptions, especially in the playoffs. And eventually the, the Tennessee... Titans fall to the Bengals, and I also saw that Henry was playing with like a plate and three screws in his foot. You could tell he wasn't the same, so yeah, I think it was kind of misguided, like just the threat of having him in there. So right. they they definitely fooled me, but yeah. Any other thoughts from that game? Um, no, not really. Um, Niners Packers, the Niners win thirteen to ten. Another low-scoring, sloppy game that with a good finish. Rodgers was bad. Who called the Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoffs every year, and I would never pick him to come out of the NFC? That was you. That that was, in fact, me. I, I just have this feeling about him that this was supposed to be his year. He like was cocky all year with like the I own you to the Bears, like I'll always own you. Like lied about his vaccination status, like showed his feet to the media. <laughs> Like, was not in training camp. He just he was doing all this stuff, and you can do it because you're Aaron Rodgers. But then when you lose by three points in a playoff game at home in the first round where you where your offense only puts up ten points and you look like an average quarterback, you can't really do that stuff. And obviously the can of worms of where you'll go this offseason has been opened, and we'll get into that at probably at a different different time, different episode, but uh, in this game, I just really saw Rodgers struggling to do much on offense. He was really just throwing to Devontae and Aaron Jones in the flat. There wasn't much in between. I think that has a lot to do with the San Francisco defense and the reason why they they have gone this far. Neither of us have picked the Niners to win this game, but it surprised pretty much the whole world, and uh, boy, did the Packers special teams come back to bite them late in the season. Yep. Um, next game, Rams Bucks. The Rams looked like they had it running away. 
and then they fumbled like four times and the Bucks came back but then the Rams saved themselves with that play to cup um I feel like I just want to make a point about this game everyone's talking about oh like Tom Brady's on the other side you know they're gonna you know he's never out of a game 27 to 3 it's like the 28 to 3 game against the Falcons the goat doesn't control four fumbles I'm just gonna put that out there yeah <laughs> spoken like a true Tom Brady hater but yeah I, I mean I agree with you the, the Rams were just coughing up the ball left and right it was almost ridiculous how they stayed in the game every time if like Tom Brady fumbled at the 50 like right after they like had good field position and then my dad goes up to make dinner he's like all right this is over and then they snap it over Stafford's head and I'm like dad get back down here so then, he, and then they don't they don't get points on that, and then like some then a fumble happened. It was just crazy how they stayed in that game, but then in the end, uh, Todd Bowles crazy blitz off the slot and uh, Cooper Cup's left one on one with the safety, burns him pretty badly, and everyone knows the rest. Thirty yard chip shot for the win, and uh, my Rams. Going to the <laughs> NFC Championship, looking like they're going yep. to the Super Bowl. Mm. I might have gotten stuff wrong along the way, but my Super Bowl matchup is still alive. Chiefs-Rams, looking like it could very well happen. Man, I, I'm a prophet right now. If, it doesn't matter how you get to the answer as long as you get to the answer. And Rams, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is coming our way. And I called it from not the beginning because I've picked probably about four teams to go to the Super Bowl at this point, but I called it from the beginning of the playoffs, and that that that's something. Yeah, that is something. All right, Bills basically, Chiefs. Basically, if you think about it, I was right last year when I picked the Rams to go to the Super right, Bowl. Of course, because I was right then. Now, mm, makes sense. Yep. Yep. All right, Bills yep. Chiefs. What Greatest are your thoughts? Possibly. Well, I have some Josh Allen hate coming, <laughs> which really? is hard to do, but I guess I'll talk about the positives of the game first before I just start expressing some Josh Allen hatred. But uh yeah, I mean two quarterbacks showing what they can do. Absolutely zero defense was played. I mean, I saw a stat there's like twenty five points scored in the last like three minutes of the game. Yeah, it could fluctuate, but it's something like that, and that's just a ton of points. It just shows where the NFL's at. You got receivers just toasting coverage, and quarterbacks making amazing throws. I mean, there's so much to talk about in this game, but the main takeaway I had was the Patriots are not winning the, the AFC anytime soon, and yeah, I mean you, the AFC's just so loaded with quarterbacks. You got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Uh, what's this freaking Burrow? Like the talent of young quarterbacks in the AFC right now is a like, crazy. And uh, as a selfish Patriots fan, I'm like, oh, Mac Jones, he's not rolling out, throwing the ball 50 yards downfield. But uh, just really a display of two quarterbacks that show they're going to be the future of the AFC for a long time. Yeah, that's what I immediately thought of after the game. Like 
this I just hope that this like game happens every year. Uh, all right. So, do you have any other points before my Josh Allen? I want to hear this because I feel like this is not a popular time to have Josh Allen right. issues. The Josh Allen haters are back in their holes right now. But if you watch some of the throws he made, they were amazing, right? But some mm-hmm. of them, they got to credit the wide receivers more. Like when Gabriel Davis or whatever his name was, he hits this like fake corner out post route where he just drops his defender. And then Allen hits him like wide open in the back of the end zone. And the announcer was like, what a throw by Allen. It's like, okay, you could have punted that to him. Like, some of the throws were amazing, obviously. But some of them were, like, just great routes, great timing by the receiver where he fired it in between coverage. But at the same time, like, I feel like most average quarterbacks make some of the throws that people are just praising him for. And I get it. Like, on that two-point conversion where he dodges, like, four tackles and then completes it like i understand that's an amazing play but some people i haven't heard one person mention that receiver number 13 davis who looks like he's going to be something really special and josh allen's just hitting him for wide open post routes and he's having like 50 yards run after catch but uh josh allen's good but his receivers deserve some credit too for the wide open receivers that he's finding and that's my that's my Josh Allen take. What do you think? It's interesting. I mean, I feel like both can get credit. You might be right that yeah. the receivers get more credit, but Josh Allen was still 330 yeah, yards with four touchdowns, no picks, and 70 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Oh, his rushing, we have to talk. It's like any time when it's under, like, third and five, it's just it's like just Allen can rush down. and just truck guys. He's you, you need three guys to tackle him. It's just so frustrating. You play great defense on their elite receiving core, and then he just scrambles and trucks three guys, and it's just so demoralizing. Yeah. I just have this one call in my head of, Josh Allen fires <laughs> it to the end zone. What a play. And I'm like, are the Chiefs even on the screen? Like, I can't even find them. There's no one around yeah. him. But, uh, yeah, what a game. Uh, is that enough of old divisional round talk? I believe so. It was a week ago, okay. so. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll look on to the present as today is Sunday, and we've got uh, Championship Sunday, if you will. Not Super first, Bowl Sunday, but Championship Sunday. First game, Bengals-Chiefs. I'll be pretty surprised if you take the Bengals here. I'm going with the Chiefs, I think. Did I mean, you take the Chiefs? In the uh, I said that my brain is saying to take the Chiefs, I think, so that counts. Great. I think, I mean, the Chiefs are fully back. They, yeah. like, I just don't see the Bengals winning this game. Their O-line isn't, they just can't keep getting away with this, like, scraping by and the Chiefs they can't just scrape by against the Chiefs I don't think I'll be shocked if the Bengals win remember the time when people were talking about if Patrick Mahomes was good and they were right, two and four yeah. and he was throwing picks left and right and people were like oh the Chiefs and I think you had to have done that but boy are they looking like they haven't missed their stride in since three years I mean they look like the same old Chiefs Travis Kelsey 
Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, just scoring points whenever they feel like it. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the O-line for the Bengals has been exposed time and time after again, but they've managed to pull through. And I think this is just an opponent where you can't have that happen. And I think the Chiefs are going to win this one, and I think they're going to win it by more than seven points. Uh, But uh, the Chiefs did lose to the Bengals the regular season late in that crazy game. 47-42 or something like that. That game was nuts. So maybe the Bengals have a chance, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, that almost makes me favor the Chiefs more just because, like, there's no way the Bengals are beating them twice. I just don't see it. Yeah. Do you give the Bengals any chance? I mean, I give them some chance. They have, like, a pretty explosive offense, and the Bills game showed that the Chiefs can have problems um on defense if they're up against a really good offense but they're gonna need like an amazing performance from burrow and chase and like everybody it's they need to like play a perfect game i feel like and i mean they need like some turnover luck too i think yeah i I can see that uh all righty uh nfc 6 30 p.m i like the time slots it's a lot better than like when they would two games and they would throw it at like the 8:30 mark and it's like oh, come on but uh yes yeah, san francisco la rams rams are gonna win and go to the super bowl as predicted no surprises on my end what, what are you seeing from i am going with the 49ers oh no <laughs> i right, just can't trust the rams that? i'm not gonna trust the rams until they win the super bowl like i and Jimmy G instills loads of confidence with you? No, but I don't know. I just, I don't trust anyone on the, I trust Cooper Cup and I guess Aaron Donald, but I don't really count defensive players in my trust circle. Okay. And I trust like Kittle and I trust Debo Samuel. And I just, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about the Niners that I trust more than the, more than the Rams. I think it I mean the Rams like that Bucks game last week. It if they win they that game in a blowout, then maybe I trust them, but I just I need to be more confident. I need to see like a more just like solid win than that. Yeah, I mean all signs point to a good game and a close game. If you look at recent history, you definitely favor the Niners. The Rams lost twice to the Niners this year, 0-2. I think going back a year prior, they also went 0-2. So Shanahan's kind of own McVay battle of the young, brilliant minds of the NFL, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I made my pick. I can't go back on it. <laughs> They're home. Okay. I, I like what I'm, oh, Stafford's late drive i mean he just wanted to make it close so he can have that late heroic drive and of course that's what he likes to do I mean, he's used to it playing on the lines his whole career but uh i don't know it's just tough to envision jimmy g beating matthew stafford i mean stafford's been known to throw some bad picks but uh but can you envision matthew stafford in the super bowl like i just can't i mean no but i think this will be more of a coaching battle and i guess then you might give it to Shanahan, but it's gonna, it's gonna be a good game. I'm really excited to watch. My prediction... home field advantage means nothing here. I'll, I'll, one last point before yeah. I'll let you go. 
I mean, San Francisco, they're both in L.A. It's like no one shows up to the Rams games anyway. Like, who said that that, that, that they were, like, uh, pumping in crowd noise because mm-hmm. no one was cheering? And so uh, there might be more 49er fans there than Rams fans. I, I would fully expect this to be a neutral turf game. Yeah. And uh, that pretty much gets washed out. So it's going to be close. My weird prediction for these games is that there's going to be two blowouts. I feel oh. like the Chiefs are going to blow out the Bengals. I'm not sure about Niners-Rams, but I just feel like last weekend was too good. There's no way it can be good again. So here's the thing. If you pick the Niners to win and then say it's going to be a blowout, that's a tough I know, sell I know, for me I know, because they're like a run the ball. It's, no, it's going to be like 24-13. to 13. Yeah, I guess that's a playoff blowout. But I understand what you're saying. It, you, the football gods aren't going to grace us with the two best weeks of football. Yeah. Back to back. But, man, I mean, if the Jimmy G goes to the Super Bowl here, it's going to be hard for the Niners to just say, hey, Trey Lance, come yeah. in here after he's gone to the Super Bowl two out of three years. Yeah. Like there's tons of Jimmy G haters out there, but uh, that's pretty – pretty high success rate if you ask me Mm -hmm. Uh, all right so rams chief super bowl you can watch the games if you want but uh that's already determined and uh i'll be taking my victory probably three weeks when the chiefs are super bowl champions and my bracket is probably 75 percent correct but the final that's all that matters final bit was right should we go to winners and losers? I think you're missing something. Oh, Someone. Tommy boy. Tommy boy. I'll let Tommy you boy, talk Tommy about boy, this. Tommy boy, Tommy boy, Tommy uh, boy. Tom Brady uh, retires from the NFL per Adam Schefter and one other guy who I don't remember his name. But it was kind of weird. It was just like random time gets announced. I'm like, all right, is this legit? Sports Center. Uh, ESPN posts about it. I'm still not sure. The Call Game Podcast Instagram posts about it. Then I'm like, yep, he's hung him up for good. And uh, that really convinced me. So then I'm doing my research, and I guess he retired. It was just kind of weird. I kind of got vibes that he was going to retire just because what he was saying and their cap situation and who's leaving. They're not going to be able to retain all their guys like they did this year. Seems like he's just pretty old and wants to spend more time with his family. And it all made sense. It made sense that he was going to retire. I just wish Schefter didn't tweet it or himself. I wish they would let Tom have the grace of him going out and making the statement. And now they're trying to back it up. Like, oh, he's not retiring. He's telling the GM he's not retiring. Which I think is he just wants to do it on his own terms. And I also yeah. saw something. He gets a $15 million signing bonus on February 4th. If he doesn't retire before then. So uh, I'll continue my streak of making a prediction per podcast here and say that he'll retire February 5th or after he gets his $15 million signing bonus because it would make absolutely zero sense. Six? No. Because then it's less obvious. No, I don't think he cares. Even the seventh. I mean, I got to pick up my game because I said that Schroeder will be traded. 
by the next podcast left last night. He's still on the Celtics, missing shots left and right. So uh, I, I'm in the good graces of predictions with my bracket right now, but I think that's a strong prediction. He's going to get that signing bonus and then probably post something on his Instagram. I mean, Julian Edelman on his Instagram said, like, thanks for all the memories, and he probably knows more than most people. So I think Tom Brady's probably done. I feel like Brady just, like, was going to retire and then is now pissed off that he didn't get to announce it, and that's why he's trying to walk it back. But I feel like he's Mm -hmm. probably just going to retire. Wants that $15 Yep. EB12. That segues into my first loser. Wait. Are we starting winners and losers? If you're ready, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. I just wanted to. We usually do winners first, but this is too good of a segue. Okay. My first loser is Adam Schefter. Because he, he, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not sure, but I feel like his report might have been right. Like, he probably had pretty good reason to say that. And then Brady kind of screwed him. So he looks kind of dumb right now. And he was like backing it up on, I forget what it was. He's like, he said he was going to retire, but then his camp saying maybe not. And it's just kind of a weird situation. But all right, if we're starting with losers, I guess we'll end on a sweet note. I'll start with Josh Allen. He he was 8-8 eight and eight going into coin flips of that Chiefs oh. overtime. He was perfect on tails. He's called tails every time in his career. And up until then, tails have never failed him. And on the ninth coin flip, he loses it. His first ridiculously high uh, coin flip rate, 100%. I mean, I I could look up the odds on that, but I don't want to. But that's a tough time to uh, lose your first coin flip of your career. I believe that's... In the biggest game of your career. One in 16 chance, but I could be wrong. Um... My next loser is Gabriel Davis. If the Bills win this game, I feel like it's the Gabriel Davis game, but I feel like his performance will just be forgotten now. And 200 that's, yards that's and four touchdowns was, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Can't get snow. Not a lot of credit, though. Because Josh Allen between two <laughs> defenders. All right, that's enough of that. But my next loser is going to be the Bills fans and hypocrites. My... Hypocrites. Uh, what does that mean? Because a few years ago, the Patriots lost one. Oh, my god! In OT. Hold oh on, hold on. <laughs> in OT against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs fans were like, no, this is unjust. Change the overtime rules. Change the overtime rules. Mahomes didn't get to touch the ball. And then they did a league-wide vote, and the Bills said no. No, we, the Chiefs were the only team voting to change the overtime rules. Now, sure enough, once the Bills lose in overtime, change the overtime rules, change the overtime. It's just the fan bases. Whenever they lose, they want their rules changed. It's understandable. I would have been doing the same thing if the Patriots lost in overtime. But just come on, Bills. You can't. You can't cry for the overtime rules if you don't let up a field goal with 13 seconds left you'd be playing today so that's my two cents on that. true um i'm out of losers if you have any more i got one more steroid era baseball barry Ooh, bonds or roger good. clemens will not be in the hall of fame this year do you have thoughts what are your thoughts on that 
Or yeah, they won't they be in it, period, them. now, because they've been on the ballot Unless for Unless the like, players' years, committee so puts them in, but it. it's going to be a while. Yeah. They won't get in normally, but, yeah. I think they should be in. I don't yeah, think people like Sammy Sosa uh, or, like, Sheffield or uh, what Conseco should be in. Like, those guys were just, like, admittedly, like, taking roids in the clubhouse, but, like... And it's borderline anyway with them. Bonds is, like, yeah. statistically the greatest player of all time. Yeah, I mean... If baseball is supposed to be like the Hall of Fame, supposed to be like a story of baseball, you can't right. really have that without a seven-time Cy Young winner and the most home runs in MLB history. I think it's kind of – I mean, the whole thing's just kind of ridiculous. Like the moral like integrity clause where the writers are judging people on integrity. Like a so good example, a that's Kurt Schilling. contest. Yeah. Last year, Kurt Schilling uh, – he was at like 73%. You have to be at 75%. He just missed out on it, and he was just pissed off, and he was like, next year, don't vote for me. I don't want to be voted for. And uh, the writers were like, okay, and they didn't vote for him this year. He only got like 40% of the vote, and if he didn't say that, he would have easily gotten in. And it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? If that really matters that much? And yeah. then, side note, if Twitter didn't exist, Kurt Schilling would be in the Hall of Fame because if you look at Kurt Schilling's Twitter... I can't say it on this podcast, but it is a crazy thing. If really? you haven't have looked it up, Lewis, you should look at what he has posted on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's my two cents on the stereotype. What about you? This is kind of a sidetrack. I, I feel know. like they deserve to, or I don't know if they what they deserve, but I think Jeff Passan had some interesting tweets about how it's like supposed to be like a museum of baseball and you can't leave out players that are that important to like the history yeah. of baseball so it's tricky because you can say it's a museum but it's also supposed to be like an exclusive group so mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know but i do think that they have to, you can't just ignore them in the history of baseball yeah all right winners my first winner is tyree kill because he just completely disregarded the like taunting rules and he's been flagged for his little peace sign thing before and he just yeah. did it and wasn't flagged for it that was so strange i was like oh my gosh i told him he's gonna get flagged but he didn't i like yeah. it though from the nfl all right my next winner is taco fall this is kind of a random one but i was sitting watching the celtics game and sure enough pops up a taco fall commercial he's at a dry cleaners or whatever okay right few quarters later there he is taco fall again and i thought to myself that that's two taco falls commercials and guess how many commercials tatum has he has gatorade and he has the jbl headphones one so taco fall and jason tatum have the same amount of commercials and uh don't, I don't forget think taco falls on an tatum. nba scene tatum takes the lead on commercials no. <sighs> kind of ruins my point louis you could have <laughs> waited on that one but the roast beef mayo what is it yeah, I know what you're saying. The Tatum. I've gotten Tatum before. What's on I it? I should have known. Uh, beef? No, he's the lettuce. He's lettuce, tomato. And Draymond's Dray- Draymond. the beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draymond's the <laughs> beef. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you just ruined my... But it's Taco Falls, two commercials. Congratulations, yeah, that's pretty Taco. Good. Yeah. Turns out you just have to be seven foot five and you'll get some money. Best video you've ever seen is... uh. Taco Fall learning to swim yeah. with Enos Canner and Marcus Smarter. Really with Jalen Brown in the bubble. That's good. good video if you want to look at it. My last winner is kind of weak. It's just heads. Just yeah. call, calling heads. Yeah, heads. 
worked out pretty well uh, this last weekend. My last winner is going to be one of the greatest Red Sox of all time, Dave Ortiz, getting into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, he completely deserved it. Most clutch hitter of all time. Uh, I've watched so him So far. Jason Dominguez yeah, so hasn't played yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. This is where this is gone. And anyone else who says he was on steroids is just an angry Yankee fan who doesn't know the facts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Got drug tested. He didn't test positive. Manford said he didn't test positive. Ugh. He, uh, no signs of, he didn't play in the steroid era. He played right after the steroid era where there's the most strict testing of all time. All right. People who say he was bad on the Twins and randomly got good on the Red Sox, that's false. When he was in the minors, he beat Ken Griffey Jr. in a home run derby. I just saw He's that He's always video. had power. He's always had power. But that, yep. that, that is going to mm -hmm. be a long conversation. But, yeah, congratulations, David Ortiz. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah. Okay. What do we got? You want to do some Celtics? Before that, I just want to tease. This will be our second annual mid-season NBA report, which will encompass trade deadline talk, which is going to be the 10th of February. That's the trade deadline. And as well as some all-star talk. The starters got announced, but we're not going to touch on that yet. We'll save it for that special podcast, which will give our reserves and as well as talk about some of the all-stars that are picked. So, yeah, just tease that. Yeah, but we can we can, we can do our uh, draft again. Yeah, like I like the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the draft. All right, so Celtics. Celtics. It's the same thing that I've been saying. I can't get excited about them until I, like, see them be good consistently. They've had some games where Tatum and Brown have been good at the same time, which has been exciting, but... I need to see it for like a month before I can get excited. Yeah, I wanted to take this time and not really talk about the state of the team. I mean, we're one game over 500, but it's just kind of like we play two good games against the Kings, the Kings and some bad teams, and then we have just a terrible game to the Hawks. There's not much more to say about this team. We know they stink in the fourth quarter, and they have terrible problems there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to more talk about some of the trade rumors that were going around around the Celtics because this is stuff that we can actually talk about and has some validity. Valid we're trained. Some uh, recency and some stuff that we haven't talked about to it. Validity to it. So, yeah. First trade news I'm going to give you. We've been talking about it a little bit off podcast. But Marcus Smart has been thrown around. The first big one I'll talk about is just... Marcus, the first rumor I heard was Conley of the Utah Jazz and a Marcus Smart exchange in some way. With the Celtics probably giving up a pick. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Immediately, my immediate reaction is that Mike Conley is old. And yep. the Celtics have a horrible history of trading for damaged goods. And I'm worried that he would just like get hurt or just like have a Kemba situation where he's just not the mm. same player anymore. It's going to be the knee, too. It's always yeah, the knee. Yeah, it's always the knee with the Celtics. So I'm worried about that. If you take the like bad luck out of the equation, I think it would be really, I mean, it would be great to see the Jays with a real point guard and Conley mm -hmm. is definitely a real point guard. Like the only, I feel like there was like a half of a season stretch with Kyrie 
where he was passing and deferring to the Jays, and then he would like take over in the fourth quarter if he had to. And that's like the last time that they had a real point guard, I feel like. And it's the only time. So I feel like he would be a guy that would probably help them a lot, but it's just a, it seems risky to trade for a guy like that with at his age. Yeah, when I first heard about this, I texted you saying, like, I love this trade, which is a little bit of an overreaction considering he's, like, 34, pushing 35, and that's pretty dang old for a point guard who definitely has some miles on him. But he's a knockdown three-point shooter, and like you said, great callback to the 2018 Celtics run. That first half of the season, they went on a 15-game win streak, and they were and just we everything just you said. 2018 Kyrie, and it's Boom, just find 20, yeah. Perfectly happy Kyrie is a dominant force. Everyone's like, yeah. untucked Kyrie? How about happy Kyrie? Mm. Vaccinated Kyrie? That could be the next one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Celtics need a point guard. I Plant don't think Mark, Mark's the answer. Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so many good jokes you can make about that. All right, um, what's the next room right here? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff, like the... Celtics were looking for a package before Reddish was traded of Marcus Smart for <sighs> Huerter, or Huerter and Reddish. It hurts my feelings that this didn't happen. Hurt, I, they, those are just like good role players. Like that, That's what I wish Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith exactly. were. Exactly. But they're just not. The red-headed assassin. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been shooting as well this year, but I think... Those guys are both, they both play defense, so we're not really losing much on the defensive end. And they're knockdown shooters, which is what we need around the Jays. They're athletic, they're role players. Great example, what you said. Exactly what we want Neesmith and Langford to be. And I feel uh, like I Reddish this. has some room to grow. Like he could yeah, potentially really just be like, like way they, better than Smart. Tibbs just buried him in the Knicks rotation. He's barely played, but yeah, I think that trade would have been a slam dunk. It would have left us short at the point guard, but looking to the future, that would have definitely helped us. Yeah. There's also been reports about the Celtics trying to dump young talent like Romeo and Neesmith for trying. But then there's also stuff where I've also heard know conflicting we were using reports. The word talent with those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a stretch. But I also heard, heard reports of trying to get younger and cheaper, trying to get under the luxury tax threshold, oh. and try to trade some of the older guys and leave room for Neesmith and Langford. So I just want to hear your thoughts on kind of what you would do. Get younger, get older, trade those guys, open up rotational spots for those guys. What are you thinking? I mean, I've been saying that they should, like, give those guys an opportunity, like, since they were drafted. And I think it's right. I mean, given the current roster, I think it's totally fine to get rid of the old guys. Like, it's pretty – I feel pretty comfortable saying, like, getting rid of like Cantor and Schroeder yeah. aren't going to be like, and Josh Richardson, like they're fine and they're helping the team more than playing like rookies would unless the rookies are like hidden gems. But I feel pretty confident in saying like those guys aren't going to be on the first Celtics championship team of the decade. So I, I'm okay with getting rid of them and just opening up some opportunity for young guys um 
the problem is the young guys suck, it seems like. So you don't want to completely just tank the season if you can help it. But I think if you could bring in other young guys, I would be all for that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we need to see what they are. Like, we got to play them at some point. I mean, Neesmith has shown flashes. Yeah. I mean, like very small year. flashes. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we we got the best shooter in the draft who can't shoot. Like, what? He, like, gets wide open corner threes, and we're like, all right, here we go, Neesmith. And then he just hits the side of the backboard. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? His, name, his nickname is, like, Crash Bandicoot from, like, that video game where... You just like run through things because whenever he gets on the court, he's like hurting himself or others. He just runs around like a guy with his hair on fire. But he shouldn't be the energy guy. He should be the three point guy. It's I don't know. I think Neesmith Smith is bad. I I think he's pretty straight up not gonna work out. Yeah. I see more upside in Langford though. When he has gone playing time, he's gotten better at attacking the rim. He's have pretty good dribble drives out of the corner. His defense has kept him on the court more consistently than Neesmith and Pritchard in Ime's eyes. His three-point shooting's not good. But uh, he's one guy who I could see maybe sticking around. But, man, I think Neesmith is just terrible. I think he needs to go. And uh, one more thing. I think Schroeder is 100% going to be – I put my put the farm on it that Schroeder's not making it past this deadline. I think the Cavs, are, we're going to trade with the Cavs. They lost Ricky Rubio, and they got some money from the NBA for, like, the injured player exception. Probably get traded to the Cavs for, like, a second. But uh, just a money dump. He's not really doing much. He's not playing well recently. Get Pritchard some more minutes. Yeah. <sighs> I wish we had healthy Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. That would be ideal. Uh, Holiday, one of the Holiday brothers on the Pacers we've been linked to. Hmm. Interesting. One, two more thoughts, I guess, to kind of close it out, wrap it up here. Uh, the Celtics, cra- I know, there's so many ridiculous Celtics stats this year, but this one's just insane. The Celtics are 20-9 and nine when they shoot 34% from three or better. So when they shoot slightly below average from three, they have the best winning percentage in the East. All the other games is when they shoot below league, below, below league average. When they shoot 20%, they just stink, obviously. But if we can just put some shooting around these guys, they're not a bad team. They just have yeah. bad supporting cast. Supporting cast is so like, bad. Like, that just blows my mind. Like if we Marcus shoot 34%, Smart. we win majority of our games by far. We just can't shoot 34% from 30 Marcus Smart has been, like, the third best player on this team for, it feels like, so long. And people are going to say Hayward and Kemba, but they were hurt constantly. There's, like, no supporting cast whatsoever. It's ridiculous. It is pretty crazy. I think uh, we kind of called that Lonzo Ball was going to be a great fit with the Celtics, even though he didn't go there. He turned out great for the Bulls. My next kind of prediction of who I want to see – who Marcus Smart has been linked to for a little swap action. And this will be another prediction. I'll throw out another prediction for this offseason. And kind of a hopeful prediction. Jalen Brunson sign and trade. The money works. Mavs sign Jalen Brunson. We trade uh, trade Smart for him. 
I think we give up some defense for some facilitating and some offense. Uh, we already dropped the ball with Wanzo and uh, Murray uh, in uh, San Antonio. We were linked to him. You got to get ahead of these guys. You can't wait for them to become borderline all-stars or all-stars yeah. because then the asking price goes up. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of project on these guys. And I'm projecting that if you give Jalen Brunson a bigger role where he's not just shadowed by Luka dominating the ball, give it to him in the closing lineup and uh, tell him to facilitate. He doesn't need to do anything crazy. He just needs to facilitate for the Jays and add some shooting, which he can do. Uh, that's kind of my hopeful and uh, my hopeful prediction. Yeah, that would be a good one. Uh, another quick note, Robert Williams has been playing well. That's my last thing. Yeah. I'm out. Yep. You done? He's good. I'm done. He's good. Uh, all right. We wrapped it up a little quickly here. We wanted to get some schoolwork done before the NFL games. Uh, yeah. Calling it? Go Bengals.